0: New Right Network presents, right now, the featured podcast of New Right Network. Mobilizing, countering the left, energizing the right.
1: New Right Network, home of the New Right Movement.
0: We are New Right Network. My name is Christy Marie McLaughlin. I first want to tell you about how to get started with New Right Network. So forgive me, first of all, we are working remotely. That is what it is with COVID-19 and technology. It's very difficult. But I want to tell you more about New Bright Network. It is the number one conservative force in how you can find your new conservative information when it comes to the election, the Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, Nevada, Arizona, election results. That is New Right Network Plus. So I'm gonna tell you a little bit about it right now. That is New Right Network Plus. It's the premium membership for New Right Network support conservative, independent, media for just $9.95 a month. seventy nine ninety five dollars a year. Pretty good discount, right? And if you like what we're doing, head over to www.nrnplus.com. Again, that is www.nrnplus.com to subscribe. So my name is Christy McLaughlin. I'm your host for the evening. I'm the host of T Dilly, which is a YouTube channel, and we are just the most conservative network that you can find. We have Dr. Linda Lee Tarver. She is notorious. She is mm-hmm. the best in her field. I mean, you can't find anyone like her. Mm-hmm. She is, whenever you think about the voter fraud in Michigan, you think of Linda Lee Tarver, (laughs) right? So she was the liaison for voter fraud and voter integrity in Michigan. She was also the civil rights expert in Michigan. We have her today as a guest expert. Now I'm gonna read you your resume. (laughs) Linda, Dr. Lee, Linda Lee Tarver is a Christian leader and author, Republican leader, speaker, and a member of the National Advisory Board for Black Voices for Donald Trump. So, you know my friend, Maurice, Linda, and Linda is the epitome of everything there is to know about being a conservative. Her vast experience at the Michigan Secretary of State and as former Voter Integrity Liaison, allowed her to speak with truth and clarity the Team Trump's Michigan hearing this week. Tell us a little bit more about yourself. So, Dr. Linda Lee Tarver, we know that you are the liaison for voter integrity in Michigan. How are we fighting to ensure that our vote as American citizens is not diluted here in All of America and the state of Michigan. Well,
1: I'm so delighted and honored to be with you, Christy. It is such a pleasure, and I am grateful to God to take part in this. Um, I am a retired state employee. I retired after 34 years of service to the state of Michigan. I retired last year. And seven years I served as community affairs director and election integrity liaison for Secretary of State Ruth Johnson. And during that time of 29 years with the Michigan Department of State, I was very engaged, even politically as a Republican, in the voting process and understanding that process. Politics was a hobby to me until I realized that that hobby had real life consequences. And it mattered who was elected. And it mattered who was our leader. And all of that mattered to me. And I was trying to put the ballot together. really uh, voting eeny, meeny, miny, mo initially until I met my entire ballot. I met both the Democrats and the Republicans on the ballot. I I was affirmed in my heart uh, that with the platform of the Republican Party really caught my heart, my values, and it was something that I could align on. As a Christian, I realized that Jesus would never be on my ballot, so I didn't have to vote for a savior. Uh, I already had one. I was going to vote for someone who was going to be imperfect, but I was hoping that um, righteousness uh, rules a nation and those uh, good people with uh, godly principles who love our country, love the people, um, and were conservative would be a better choice than those who weren't. So yeah. I went to a hearing this past Tuesday in Michigan, and I was really there as a request, of one of my friends, Gina Johnson, she's part of the Michigan Capitol House of Prayer, we call it MishHop. She asked me to go and pray for individuals outside of the hearing. So to pray for those who were testifying, to pray for the elected officials, the senators who were there, that was my only role there. From 10 until one, she said, just go there. And I said, okay, I'll go. Well, around 2.30, it was still going on. It was very cold in Michigan. And so I decided to go in and warm up. So I went in just to warm up because I couldn't feel my fingers anymore. And one of the senators said, well, Linda, are you here to testify? And I said, no, I, um, I was just here to um, pray for all of you. And she says, well, you should fill out a form. And uh, Senator Lana, Lana Tice and so I did, and I said, Well, I can speak for three minutes. And that three minutes turned into 36 minutes um, about what was going on and especially what's been happening. So in Michigan, our president, Donald J. Trump, won Michigan handily. He won Michigan overwhelmingly. He was winning Michigan until Detroit came in and the absentee ballots were tabulated. And we know, based on the testimony that was there, there was a truck full of ballots that were brought in. We know based on the Republican precinct poll challengers that there was multiple um, times where a ballot was run through, hundreds of ballots run through uh, multiple times. We know that dead people voted in Detroit. We know that people who would not even in, in a lawsuit that I have against the, the Secretary of State, at least 300,000 people were sent a ballot that did not request one and the law requires a signature in requesting an absentee ballot. We know that there is more than 500,000 uh ballots that should not have been cast wow. in Michigan just from the lawsuit that I had and in addition to that um that was going on at the TCF Center in Detroit. So I I outlined my experiences with urban communities that ballots were uh, brought in. And this is what the Democrats in my opinion and, and what I've known has allowed with ballot harvesting, with switching ballots, changing ballots and inserting them. And so from that information, we've asked the legislature to move, to secure those ballots, to bring them in and to make sure that Um, we are able to put our optics on it, look at, do a forensic audit, and to prove those individuals who have testified, who have sworn in an affidavit under perjury of law, that what they have seen and heard as direct witnesses, not circumstantial evidence, direct witnesses uh, was indeed true. We have whistleblowers, people who have participated in this, and there were several violations at various points in the law. And so we're, we're confident, and I'm confident, that the Lord will prevail and that the law Uh, the rule of law will be applied and our arguments before the court and before the lawmakers um, is compelling enough to bring in those ballots and to show the state and the nation the abuses that took place in Michigan that has already duplicated itself in other urban areas across the nation.
0: Well, I mean, Dr. Tarver, I got to be honest, I am on your side. (laughs) <laughs> I'm completely biased in believing that President Trump will prevail Yes. in all of this voter integrity file that he is bringing to the Supreme Court, that he is bringing to the state, that he is trying to show that when it comes to voter integrity, it is fruit of the poisonous tree. Yes. It dilutes the American vote. It yes. dilutes the legal vote yes. that will have his constitutional rights. It is our duty as American citizens to fight against the voter fraud that is so explicit, that is so obvious yes. in 2020. So, with that said, I had a few questions before we begin in Discord. And Excellent. I have my little notebook here. So, when it comes to ballot harvesting, you said 71% of the Detroit votes. Are illegal or not being recounted. Well, and, so, you know, so let me
1: clarify that. Sure. So, when I said 71% of Detroit could not be recounted, that was a misstatement. And oh. it, the correction is this 28% of those uh, who voted in person at a school, at a church, at a community center, 28% of those precincts cannot be recounted. That means there were some tragic error or something that occurred that they could not balance or could not uh, reconcile um, their precinct to the extent that either they didn't try or they just were unable to find an error right. however the absentee precincts 500 precincts uh, to correlate with the 500 precincts that are in person So, all the absentee ballots for all of those precincts go to the TCF Center and there is a single uh, building in which absentee ballots are counted. So 28% of those uh, precincts could not reconcile, had some challenges, had some issues um, that voted in person with a human being in person and it's a lot of people and you can see how sometimes um, you can get confused. However, 71% of the absentee votes at the TCF center, where people were looking at the ballots, had time to process it, could not be reconciled. And that is egregious. It is unacceptable. It is demonstrating a, a severe fraud, in my opinion. And it is indicative of stuffing the ballot and making sure that you cannot recount it. Because you can't recount uh, trash, you can't open up the ballot boxes to recount anything that you've stuffed in there. So if, for example, the, the tape for the night, the ballot um, uh, receipt says 900 people voted at this precinct absentee, 300 ballots are sitting in there because they were run through three times. So yeah. if unless we, we can put our eyes on that ballot box and those ballots, we will not be able to really do a good job of proving what has already been testified to.
0: Awesome. So here's where my biggest question is. So here's what you stated. Every year for the last 25 years, Republican poll watchers have been removed. By police so that's one issue and you're demanding a complete audit a forensic audit a lot of people are confused by this if they aren't completely learned on the subject matter mm-hmm. they don't know what's going on they don't realize that the mainstream media is trying to tell them one narrative while the reality is something completely different so why are you pushing to ensure that the ballots are balanced and that we are not just recounting votes that are illegal votes. You're recounting votes that are legal votes. Absolutely. We we have systems in
1: place, checks and balances in the Michigan law concerning the election. Actually, the legislature is required by our Constitution to ensure a secure and fair election. That is the job of the lawmakers. They have passed laws to ensure of that, to prevent uh, people who are handling. That's why it is a uh, misdemeanor for me to give my neighbor cross the street my ballot and a felony for my neighbor to take it in for me. They do not want anyone who's not entitled to that ballot to touch it. Uh, We know that that occurs primarily in the urban areas and primarily in large quantities there, ballot harvesting, where they're going around to neighborhoods or or, uh, nursing homes and they're picking up ballots and they're bringing them in. They may be getting paid to do so, but that that type of activity has been complained about by the clerks in the urban areas themselves, especially in Flint. And so that piece is there in Michigan. You're supposed to have 50% Republican and 50% Democrat working as precinct workers. Mm -hmm. And so that is what they're supposed to do. We have a Michigan Republican party and the Detroit, um, clerk, did not contact the Michigan GOP to ask to bring in hundreds of workers there. Instead, they decided to bring in their own, none of them which are Republicans. And so in my opinion, I I didn't see and we did not hear that Republicans were selected to work. They're supposed to have 50-50. People are to swear that they are a Republican and we know that they are not. So that is another touch point that is a vulnerability that is abused in certain areas where you don't have a great recruitment of a balanced mix of political ideology. Another area that was placed into law that is one of the most important areas is the poll challenger. And the poll challenger's role is outlined in MCL 168.733. And the role of the poll challenger is to be able to um, look at the process, the entire process, the poll challengers to look at how they're setting up, how the opening of the, of the precinct went, if there's any illegal activity going on with the ballots, the, how they're processing, how they're handling it, how they're handling voters, are, is everyone coming in and bringing it in uh, properly? They can challenge the voter They can challenge, although they can't speak to the voter, they can challenge the voter. They can challenge the vote of the voter. They can challenge the precinct inspector. They can challenge the precinct captain. They can challenge how the setup is. They can challenge whether or not there's a disability um, instrument in there and make sure that they have it available so that people with disabilities can vote. So they have a great, um, uh, uh, allowed, under the law, great uh, resource and ability to challenge. The law also says that these individuals are to be protected. And I, and I made an emphasis on that because they are the election integrity at the time. They are supposed to be there with the ballots, with the people, and they are not to be removed. They're not to be intimidated, they're not to be removed, and they're not to be threatened. That's what's what in the law and to do so is a misdemeanor and we've known that uh in in almost every election at least one of our republicans are uh, removed by the police and primarily in pontiac michigan and other places at every election not everyone is removed and not everyone is removed by the police but a lot of them especially in detroit were removed the role of the poll challenger is so important that we filed a lawsuit based on the COVID-19 restrictions of six feet because we knew that the law should not be thwarted as a result of COVID-19. And the court here in Michigan, our court of appeals here in Michigan agreed with us that there is no six feet rule for poll challengers. The Michigan Secretary of State signed a, a consent decree and said that she would adhere to what the court had ordered, that she would make sure that poll challengers had free access within the boundaries of the law to look at every single ballot, to be able to look at the poll books, to be able to assess what is going on there. It did not happen in Detroit. And they continued to put out people. One of the training sessions in Detroit was that I hope that the Republicans have binoculars so they can see it. That's how far they put them away from the ballots. And that is against the law. And that activity alone, the misdemeanor alone, was used to, in my opinion, uh, cover up the felonies that were going on with voter fraud. And because why is it that you have to remove the people who are placed there by law to ensure integrity of the vote. And because this is occurring in mostly urban areas, especially, they don't want white Republicans there. They have continued to um, intimidate and to threaten them. And those were outlined in affidavits as well and testified to. And these people were there doing the duty that it was outlined in the law. And and, And enough is enough. To me, that should be more compelling Um, evidence that we need to look at the ballots because what are you hiding? And why is it that 71% of the work that was done at the TCF center cannot be recounted?
0: Exactly. So it's beyond that though, as you have stated so many times, and you stated on Lou Dobbs, you stated in the Michigan testimony, when you dilute a single vote, It is fruit of the poisonous tree. And if you dilute one legal vote, you are taking away from their fundamental liberty in the constitution. Yes. So with that said, you mentioned particularly that they are targeting areas within urban minority. Detroit is an example. Why do you think that is? Is it because The Democrats are always pushing to say that they are the most diverse party when it comes to politics. But ironically, they really don't represent minorities. My family is Cuban. We have people of color all over the country who don't identify with the Democrat people of color. Why are you... Trying to represent the people of color and the vote of the people people of color. I've had the privilege
1: of serving as a advisory board member for Black Voices for Trump, and I spent um, a significant amount of time in Detroit. And I fell in love again with Detroit and the people in it, whether they agreed with my politics or not, whether they agreed with voting for my president or our president or not. I love the people of Detroit. I have family in Detroit. My husband grew up in Detroit. And so it is near and dear to my heart. Um, I lived in Detroit and worked in Detroit. And so I know that it is a wonderful city that has been brought down by liberal politics. And one of the things that has brought it down is that the voice of the people have been muddied with political um, and voter fraud If you are trying to insert 400,000 votes or 200,000 votes into a city, you cannot do it. You cannot do it in a small city of 3,000 people. You have to find a large enough jurisdiction to cover the amount of fraud that you need to perpetrate. It uh, It was not a question of if there was a truckload of ballots that came in four o'clock in the morning. They they have the photos of the truck. They have the plate number of the truck. They have the photo of the people driving the truck. They have photos of the pallets of ballots that came off the truck from some unknown, undisclosed location at four in the morning after Donald Trump had handily won um, Michigan. And again, this is where the fraud and questions are and if they open up the ballot boxes hashtag open the boxes if they open up the ballot boxes so that prove us wrong prove the people wrong there was a um, democrat lawmaker state rep who was saying i know these people are lying but prove us wrong Mm -hmm. open Mm -hmm. up the ballot boxes ensure that there's a forensic audit there is always a post-election audit. it has superficial information about the um, number of people who voted and number of this, number of that and what have you. but there's no in-depth forensic audit in terms of looking for fraud. And because our Republicans, they put pizza boxes on the window to stop, cover it up. The Republicans yep. from who are uh, by law required and allowed to be there. They put Mm -hmm. pizza boxes up to stop people from peering into their activities against the law. And so, you know, you you have to wonder if people ever were told that this is what's going on. It's a shame, it's sad, it doesn't make me glad that this is in the urban area, predominantly black and brown people. But the reality is is Mm -hmm. that Democrats have wielded their will uh, for fraud in these areas. And, right. and I want to share for your viewers this. I, I don't have a disdain for Democrats. I have Democrats in my family. I have a disdain for their platform okay. and, and their platform. Any people who would support killing babies in the womb, any people who would sit quietly by to defund the police, any people who would sit by and allow the carnage and the rioting and the looting in the city. Right. Any people who would celebrate the death of our president's brother, any people who would go through these processes and look at, allow people to come over our borders and welcome them in, anyone can come in and and get benefits from our American people, any people who would support those policies are not friends of the American people. Right. They're not. And and the, the level of uh, disdain that they have and they're not beyond stealing an election and so anyone who supports that uh, it's, it's not going to happen our michigan secretary of state and this is true gave a no-bid contract to rock the vote and in addition to giving the no-bid contract to rock the vote a very liberal progressive organization who is sole uh, ability is to make sure democrats win. Rock right. the Vote received my social security number, my name, my address, and uh, the name, address, eye color, and driver's license number of every single Michigander uh, in this state. Every single one. And so Rock the Vote has our personal, highly sensitive information because this Democrat Secretary of State gave that to them in a no bid contract to do God knows what. And, and I will tell you that no secretary of state before her would ever do that for a non-governmental agency. We've had governmental agencies. Michigan State Police requested some information, and our secretary of state refused to give it. So right. this, this needs to be stopped. That madness needs to stop, and we should put our secretary of state in Gitmo.
0: I 100% agree. And then I have some great questions that are coming in in the Discord chat. So, first of all, I want to ask you this is Branmer, and he asks Republican members of the Michigan legislature to not certify the vote. Will you encourage folks to do this? Not certify the vote. So, I personally have a question. I know that you're asking for an audit, a forensic audit. So beyond that, what is the relief that we're asking for? So he's asking, are we going to certify the vote? Are we asking them to not certify the vote? And what is the relief that we're asking for? Because as we just stated, one fraudulent vote dilutes all of our legal votes. What well, are we gonna do about it?
1: I, I would argue that um, you should not certify what you cannot verify. We, right. we have significant evidence, and I've shared that. Uh, 500,000 um, invalid votes and illegal votes, invalid and illegal votes that um, occurred as part of the lawsuit that I'm a plaintiff with in front of the Michigan Supreme Court right now. That is separate from the complaints that have been lodged with the Michigan legislature. You right. should not certify what cannot be verified. The fact that the Wayne County Board of Canvassers uh, certified that knowing that 71% of the absentee ballots could not be recounted should give pause. Knowing that the Michigan State Board of Canvassers certified that knowing that Wayne County had uh, significant challenges and 71% of the absentee ballots could not be um verified and could not be considered uh recounted and therefore had some problems and errors if you've got 71% of the largest cities largest vote the absentee votes uh having 71% errors You have to ask yourself, why would you certify that? Right. Why would you certify that? You need to verify before you certify. And that's what I'm going to ask um, our legislature, and I have asked our legislature to do. So I'm hoping that they verify before we certify. I I am not here to discuss, you know, um, an advocate for Donald J. Trump winning Michigan. I want our votes to... Only every legal vote of every person who is alive, not a Martian, not someone who does not exist, not somebody's pet who voted, not someone's dead parents who voted. I want every legal vote to count. And I want the systems that were supposed to be in place to be placed in, which brings up suspicion that something was being hidden. And so I, I, we need to verify before we certify. And
0: I 100% agree. It seems so simple the yeah. rest of us. So I'm on my phone right now. So I apologize if I look like I'm That's reading right. my phone, but it's because we're receiving so many questions. Yeah. There's so many people who don't understand why their state legislators, their federal legislators don't want to use the voice of the people. Well, the voice of the people also you've got other people on
1: the left who are talking about disenfranchising voters. If you throw out these votes, Um, You're going to disenfranchise voters, especially people of color. And no one wants to do that. They disenfranchise their vote themselves when they refuse to allow poll challenge to come in, when they refuse to hire Republican precinct inspectors and workers,
0: when they refuse to
1: uh, ensure that a person who applied for the ballot uh, should have gotten a ballot and those who did not apply should not have gotten a ballot like was done here in Michigan. Those things and others, occurred and so we need to look at we need to do a forensic audit much more thorough audit of the electronic system of when the votes were checked in what was done after the cutoff time after eight o'clock who, which voters they created. We've had people who are, um, because they could not identify that they were human, made their birth dates January 1st, 1900. That was testified to. That was occurring in the TCF center. There's no way we can validate those people. There's no way they don't exist in the qualified voter file. They did not register to vote. They're not human. Mm -hmm. We already know this. And, and we know this was done more than once, and so the one vote is, is you know, we could probably get over that. But the hundreds upon thousands of votes that were done, and the dirt that was done, and the fraud that was perpetrated at the TCF Center with right. the absentee ballots, where 71% could not be recounted, and the Secretary of State, knowing that we have an active and open uh, case, a lawsuit against her, for which I'm a plaintiff, has decided to send a letter to the clerks to destroy all of the electronic uh, evidence of the November 3rd election. I, I am I am baffled about that. But that is what's happening here in Michigan, and we're going to get to the bottom of it. Verify before you certify. I
0: 100% agree, just like I said before. So my great-grandmother, a Cuban woman who emigrated, immigrated to the United States in 1961. She's 102 years old. I took her to vote in this presidential election. The state of Florida is exemplary when it comes to voter fraud because so many people were like, can we see your driver's license? Can we see it again? Can we look at it again? She, as a legal immigrant here in the United States, a legal citizen in the United States, voted for Donald J. Trump. All right. Because we put the effort in in the state of Florida to ensure that her vote was accurate, her vote was legal, and it was not diluting the vote of legal citizens.
1: Absolutely.
0: Right. So with that said, Ryan, he asked, have you gotten any personal threats from the left for outing the election fraud? So Ryan, thank you for
1: asking that question. I have not gotten any personal threats. I I woke up this morning and was called by a reporter um, which published it, it's called the Lansing City Pulse. You can look up Linda Lee Tarver, Lansing City Pulse. Okay. Uh, somehow I became a racist overnight uh, because I outed the urban areas. Um, so I've been called a racist uh, by the left. Mm-hmm. So they said that I was picking on the communities of color for which I live in and for which I belong as a member of, that I was picking on them uh, unnecessarily. And um, none of that has come from the people of color. The liberal white left has decided to um, embarrass themselves by calling me a racist. And that's the extent so far of what I've received, but I will not mute my voice or the truth to um, quiet myself. The word racist has been used by white liberals for years to mute the voice and the strong truth of God-fearing conservatives and Republicans. And so they've used that. If you say anything about what's going on, if you come against us, then you're a racist. And, And it has caused people to lose their employment. It has caused people to um, lose relationships and opportunities. And I know that being called a racist is supposed to be, uh, it is a very serious thing. And I, as a former Michigan civil rights commissioner, I take racism, sexism, um, even, uh, you name it, age, weight, uh, you name it, any type of discrimination, I take it very seriously and I would not condone it. But I selected the cities I selected based on my years of experience with them and trying to help them usher in election integrity and not trying to harm them as the Democrats want to wink and blink at what's going on. I should not, and the Republicans should not be the only people concerned about election fraud in Detroit. Every Democrat should be concerned. But when I shared with Senator Irwin that It is the Democrat led cities that have uh, flourished in fraud and in all kinds of fraud. Um, He was not taking that lightly. And I know the Democrats that were listening could not help themselves, but to look at it. They have these clusters and I called it a plantation where they have kept, suppressed the vote of the people, wielded it and used it and have used these people they've supposed to train the people on election integrity and when when poll workers are putting out poll challengers they were trained to do that so i don't blame the black folks who put them out i blame the leadership of the republican of the democrat party who initiated it I blame them for not being told, including the Secretary of State of Michigan, Jocelyn Benson, for not telling the clerks that the six foot rule for COVID was something that the court had already weighed in on in October, and that they were not going to adhere to the six foot away. They have a right to be two feet away, one feet away or in your face to check for the ballots. That is what was happening. And so this is what has gone on. There is no concern for the The challengers, there's no respect for election integrity from the left, I've not seen it. And then if they want to use me as the poster child for racism, then call me what you want. I stand with my president who is also called a racist and we know that he's not. I stand with others who've been called racist. If you wanna call me a black supremacist or whatever you wanna call me, then so be it. But the truth, the truth is the truth. And as we can see, 71% of those votes had problems and cannot be recounted at the TCF center while they're putting up pizza boxes and trying to keep republicans out who have
0: a legal right to be there right and just as you had mentioned it is not just the duty of republican i'm sorry the duty of democrats to identify what is blatantly voter fraud republicans need to do so as well it's yes. expected of us right now yes. because they are trying to declare Joe Biden as the president-elect, and that is obviously not the case. No, so no. we as Republicans are expected to fight against it, but we have to actually take that extra step. And so I have a few more questions, one from myself okay. and then one from Rose. Rose okay. She says, what are your thoughts on how some of the representatives in Michigan were treated as witnesses? or how the representatives in Michigan treated the witnesses. Uh, There was a lot of Michigan representatives who were very condescending to you as well. So I just wanted to know what your thoughts are. So in the hearings, I know that these were
1: highly volatile at times, particularly when the Democrats that are there, the the elected lawmakers that are there, are hearing about their cities. And one in particular, um, a state rep who, from Detroit, did not want to hear about her city. My heart did go out to her because I understood that, you know, the people that came there, not necessarily from Detroit, but came there to um, challenge, you know, be poll challengers, and and even having myself speak the the day before, a couple of days before, on the what I have known over these years, I know that there is some defensiveness and some sensitivity to what was said. I didn't have any problems with the people giving them giving them three minutes to say their piece. They already have written affidavits. Those affidavits were submitted and um, they are they are being compiled and they are. Some of them have gone to the courts and gone through that process. Some of them have gone through the legislative process as well. I didn't have problems with people saying, this is what I saw, heard, and know to be true. And I didn't have any problems with the the lawmakers on the left, the Democrats, being um, sensitive and being um, defensive. I, I didn't have any issues with that. I know that the chairman of that, Chairman McBroom and Chairman Hall on, this, on the um, House side and Chairman McBroom on the Senate side, right. they they handled themselves well. They they tried to get order um, from their members. And there's a certain amount of decorum. But I know that this is very sensitive and it's very important. And it does mean um, the results of our election, it hangs in the balance. but. The reality is, is that we should not certify until we verify and have sufficient evidence to take forth. It's like a court case With with um, with a civil lawsuit, you don't need beyond a reasonable doubt. You need a preponderance of the evidence. And we have that already. And that's what was presented in part, partly. There were so many more people that could have testified. That's why it went so long we have so much evidence, we have ideas that um, this forensic evidence, we have statisticians, we have looked at some of the ballots already, we have looked at the voter files already, and um, the votes, the people who voted, we cannot identify who they are, and thousands. And so, again. We know by the at the end of the day that Donald Trump won Michigan handily, and we know that it requires at this time and this year, this is the opportunity to set it straight for election integrity. It will not be ushered in by the Democrat Party. If they are rejecting what they heard um, on Tuesday and, and Thursday, if they're rejecting what they heard, then there is no um, hope for that party, and no hope for election integrity coming from that party. And knowing what the Secretary of State has done already, the partisanship and her um, uh, and what she has done, you know, we're 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 not uh, far from calling it treasonous. So I am I am telling you, we need to verify before we certify. Our lawmakers need to gird themselves up by the Holy Spirit and allow them to do what is right for the uh, people of Michigan, and therefore, consequently, the people of the United States.
0: Dr. Chopper, <laughs> you inspired me. And I want to let you know that I'm a 25-year-old. I'm Latina. I ran for Congress here in my district in Florida. I am very passionate about being conservative. Yes. But it's not just about being conservative anymore not a partisan view. It is about maintaining constitutional interests. And constitutional interests are not just what the founding fathers wrote. It's the fundamental rights granted to us by God. Yes. That's why they're in the constitution. Yes. And I'm so grateful to New Right Network because they are representatives of the constitutional interests of the conservative interest. And that's why you're here. That's why I'm here today. So I have a very specific question for you regarding the Michigan vote. Mm -hmm. So many conservatives are very frustrated that we had a dump of votes that suddenly happened on election night, December 4th at, I think it was 6.30 in the morning, right? And it was... 141,258 votes went to Vice President Biden, Well, 5,968 votes went to Trump. And I'm laughing because that is such a disproportionate number that cannot possibly be true. So I'm asking you, what are your thoughts on that dump in the Michigan vote? And what can we expect when we look more into this voter fraud issue?
1: Well, we have photos of the truck that came in. We also have um, photos of the um, the people who brought the truck, and we have the um, photos. You have
0: of... to take that. That's fine. No,
1: no, I don't. I don't. I don't. <laughs> Sorry.
0: You're fine. You're fine. No, so we, we have photos of all of those
1: who um, participated in the um, in the dump of right. those ballots. And our Republicans, we have the evidence. So it's not that we don't know what the, what the plate number is. We know what the plate number was. We know right. the, we've got a photo of the people who brought the truck. We've got the pallets, the photos of the pallets. Um, We know that it was around four o'clock in the morning that they were dumping. We know that Republicans were put out so that they could process them, that the poll challengers were not allowed to look at those ballots. We know that occurred. And yet we are still arguing with Democrats to um, allow us to demonstrate the fraud And so um, those who reject it, uh, I have no use for them. Lawmakers, uh, elected officials, I have no use for people who would allow their country to be stolen because of their hate for Donald Trump. Uh, I have no use for people like that. We will will ask them to resign or ask them or make sure that they are not reelected because we have no use for that foolishness. You know, I I want to share why I'm so passionate about this vote and why it is so offensive for people to call me a racist. And I know that that you know I just woke up with that this morning. But the reality is is that my parents were born in the early 1920s in Evergreen, Alabama. My parents are from the Deep South. I had a um, my uncle was lynched and my parents moved up to Michigan. They got here. My mother and father could vote here in Michigan. And my father fought in World War II. He was in the army. He's buried at Fort Custer here in Michigan. And he uh, fought admirably. He served his country. He raised, we've got 10 children in our family. And my mother, uh, she retired as a deputy sheriff for Ingham County Sheriff's Department here in Michigan. And so they love God and they, uh, they are in heaven. And my parents could vote here when they got here. It was not until the 1964 Voting Rights Act that my family in the South could vote. And even then there were still challenges to their ability to vote in the South. The vote is sacred, but it is one living vote because if you get two dead people voting, it eliminates my voice. And so we're, we're not for that. Too many people have already died for that. And I will tell you that if you look under our history in terms of the Republican Party in Michigan, there were a lot more white radical Republicans lynched for trying to uh, assist black people to to vote. Radical Republicans is what they call it. You can look it up. It it, it was fascinating about how many white uh, men uh, were lynched as a result of trying to secure the right to vote for black people. And I I brought that up because it it was not just people who looked like me, it was people who looked like you, looking like uh, others, our friends and what have you, who wanted to ensure that people of color had the right to vote. We went through literacy tests in the South and poll taxes where you had to pay Women, we are celebrating 100 years for women to vote.
0: Yeah.
1: 100 years. That is not a long time. That is not a long time. But in Michigan, 1700s, black men could vote. Black men could vote in Michigan. In the 1700s and 1800s, in the early 1900s, in Michigan. This has been a free state, and we want to keep it free. We don't wanna turn it into a Democrat plantation of old. We wanna make sure that we stay free. And it means that much to me to make sure that we have the right to vote because we, we have given our blood for the right to vote and one vote and I am not going to allow somebody else to take a muddy my vote away by ushering in a boatload of manufactured votes Uh, from someone's backyard truck from the city of Detroit. And I I will tell you, we need to make sure that our vote is sacred and that every step Mm -hmm. of the process from the registration to the point of delivery of the absentee application, to the delivery of the ballot, to the removal of all of these things, the check and balances, the the selection of poll workers, the uh, admission of Admission and welcoming and protection of poll challengers that is what is necessary to ensure integrity. It is not perfect, but if it's not practiced, it will never be um, fair and, um, and valid.
0: Right. And again, Dr. Tarver, I just want to thank you for being patient with all of my technical issues. That's what happens the era of COVID. Yes. Um, but just as you said, I'm Latina. You are a person of color. We represent more than the prejudices that have existed in this nation for so many years. We represent Americans. So Senator Lucido, I think his name is Lucido, the 8th District of Michigan. He -hmm. said, ballots don't have colors. That's right. Right? Ballots do not have colors. That's right. It's our vote. It's our constitutional right does not matter if you're if you are of color, if you are it doesn't matter. It, yeah. If you are a prejudiced person it doesn't matter. You are representing an American vote. Yes. And that is what you have represented it. Like I said, you are an inspiration. Thank you. So we are coming close to the end of the hour. I just want to thank you so thank you. so so much for being here. Thank you. nrnplus.com. Yes. That's where you can find us. My name is Lachlan. Dr. Linda Lee Tarver, where can we find you on Twitter a, on a website? Tell us where you can find Twitter and uh, it's Linda Lee Tarver. That's it
1: right there, um, and all of my social media. I just made it easy for everyone. Linda Lee Tarver, T-A-R-V-E-R, and you can go to lindaleetarver.com. So
0: awesome! And thank you again so much for being here. I am the host tonight, Christy Marie McLaughlin. This is where you can find me. This is my uh, Twitter, my, I'm sorry, my Facebook, my Twitter, and my parlor account. I laminated (laughs) it. I'm trying my best. It's a technical (laughs) issue. But again, I'm so grateful for you being here tonight. And thank you for answering our questions on Ask Me Anything, New Right Network, plus -plus nrnplus.com. And again, I'm so appreciative of you being here today. Thank you. All right. Have a good day, guys. Thank you. You've been listening to New Right Network, mobilizing, countering, energizing, online at newrightnetwork.com.